Summer Road Tour, powered by Echo and their amazing lineup of products. Online at echo-usa.com. We are traveling the country, talking with green industry leaders, discovering best practices and practical strategies to maximize profits. Now, here's your host, Paul Jamison. What's up, everybody? I'm talking today with the man himself, Troy Clogg. We're in Wixom. Wixom? Michigan. Michigan, and you have been hyped up by Weingarts. I just came from there, and they're like, where are you going next? I said, Troy Clogg, Troy Clogg. He's the biggest deal in Michigan. He's a big client, big, big deal. And then Brian's been hyping you up. I don't want to get nervous here, but, man, you, you got quite the reputation around Michigan. Uh, I hope it's mostly good after yeah. all these years, right? Yeah, and I was just talking to Adam, and he was like, you got to ask him about company culture and about vision. So let's let's get started with a brief 60 second overview of your company and then i want to start talking about culture and vision okay well uh the 60 second version i can describe the way the company is now Mm -hmm. but for any listener anybody who's been through the journey of building a business it was different in my 20s teens actually when i started different in my 30s different in my 40s and i think all businesses are pretty much a reflection of leadership and and in so many small businesses, the actual owner. Mm -hmm. So right now we are a little more than, more than half our revenue, so to speak is snow related. Mm -hmm. So for you Georgia guys, you don't have to worry too much about that. Um, Another big chunk is design, build construction work. And the final piece is maintenance, everything to do with that side of it. So we're, I don't know, 80 to a hundred ish people in the summer and 350 or more in the winter. Wow. Um, and that's kind of where we're at right now. How so, many years have you been doing this? Are you going to date me, man? Um, well, I was, how do we want to really categorize it? So at 17 years old, okay. um, I bounced in and out of college a little bit, but mm-hmm. I was, I was in business. I had like a lot of young kids that age. Hey, with my neighbor, Hey man, you want to cut some grass together? Those kind of things. Yeah. Right. Um, but by 19 had my first, uh, DBA and, and it's just been going from there. Yeah, so, built it into this, this so incredible... It's, it's pushing 40 years now. Company. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so, pushing 40 years, employee number one is still here. Employee number three is still here. Really? Yeah. So it's uh, most of the guys who are running significant crews or hands-on stuff have been here 15, 20 years or more. Wow. So tell us about... Adam said, you got to ask him about vivid vision. What's this vivid vision? Uh, so that came from a learning lesson. I always do a com- uh, commercial for Vistage, which okay. is uh, an international group for continued education for CEOs, business owners. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't really matter how, how large the company is, but um, we're all on this planet to keep growing and getting better as life goes on. And Vistage 
has been a great learning tool for me. So I joined probably in my 30s, maybe 20 years ago. Um, and so there's a guy by the name of Cameron Harold who also yeah. deserves the plug. Cameron was the operational genius, not the owner, behind 1-800-GOT-JUNK. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah. So Cameron, and you'll find him all over the internet. Yeah, yeah, he is yeah. a huge teacher, leader. He is a great guy. And so Cameron met the owner when that company was doing less than a million bucks, is the way the story goes. Uh, they doubled it to $2 million, $4 million, $8 million. So They went all the way up to $128 million and sold it. He wrote a book called Double Double. And I met him as a speaker in Vistage when I was trying to decide where I'm going with the business. So one of the books I always recommend is Double Double. He has since writ the book, written the book Vivid Vision, mm -hmm. um, which basically just clarifies a, a really cool analogy, right? So there'll be, ultimately, there'll be landscapers and other people watching us and, and paying attention to this. So as a design build guy, I um, mean, the building we're sitting in, I designed that we could build, and I, we do this for people's backyards. The analogy is real simple. If, if you can provide, especially in the 3D world now, right? If you mm -hmm. can provide a picture, client says, yeah, that's what I want, mm -hmm. right? How many business owners provide a picture for their now employees and their future employees? A picture mm -hmm. of what it's going to look like feel like, sound like, that's the trick, right? So, so a vivid vision is to describe things before they happen. This building wasn't even on the radar. And if you read, read in our website, either vivid vision or painted picture, as I used to call it, three years before this building happened, this building is described, right? If you want to get married in life, People set their goals on that for the most part. Like, I really want to find a great spouse and I want to get married. If that's really what your heart wants and your passion, you typically end up married, mm -hmm. right? Um, so the same goes for business and describing what it's going to look like. Who, and our, so in our case, that mixed with a purpose-driven life, which is another book and, mm -hmm. and a faith-based world, um, how are we going to give back? And we're all in this, at least in this world, we're all in the service industry, right? So... The more you give in the world, the more you get. A little question. I was yeah, wondering, this building, was this here you bought it as is or you bought the space and you created all this? Yeah. No, the only thing original on this building is the exterior frame. Okay. Right? The cinder block. Mm -hmm. uh, the face of the building has all been changed. The roof was changed. HVAC, electrical, every brick wall, every post, every piece of furniture, the flooring, the light, every single thing was designed and by me and then changed. So uh, did you have the design before you saw this property and, and then put it to place? Or you got the property, then you put together the plans yeah. for this? I had the... I had a description of what it's going to look and feel like, right? That mm -hmm. there's going to be open space for people to gather, that we're going to be, that they're kitchen-related culture, family. COVID's put a little wrench on that. We can't do much of that anymore, but we will again. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, what it would look and feel like, and, and as well as the shop and, and where the mechanics designed where they want lifts and mm -hmm. hoists and airlines and all that stuff to make. So ever since the beginning, I don't want, the best way to succeed is to give anybody all the tools they need to be successful. Mm -hmm. So when you're a little guy in this industry or first starting or just stay small, I mean, the tools are, do you have a truck that starts every day? Is your lawnmower, you know, 10 years old or is it two years old? Does your weed whip start? All these things, right? Mm -hmm. So give the people the right tools. That goes on to the other tools as life goes on is education, one-to-one -one meetings, 
uh, books to read, coaching sessions, how to get better at living life. So that's kind of what we've been doing. Yeah. So did you have it written down? Like, this is what I want. In, and you had it uh, like those goals written down or it was just in your head or how, how'd you know this was kind of the building you wanted to create? No, fully, no, fully written down okay. and shared with the entire team and posted on our website before it happens. Wow. So it will look like this. It will feel like this. We will generate, donate, generate enough money off of this charity thing that we do to help these type of people. Mm-hmm. We will partner with this. We will have a building that will have an open space, like yada, yada. You just, just describe it, right? Again, again, people have visions of being married and having children or not being married and having children. People have visions of I'd like to live in the city or I'd like to live in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, same kind of coaching and stuff I do with my kids and, and, and their friends. I mean, if you don't know where you want to live and how you want to live, you'll just wander the earth always wondering. And that's fine too, I guess, if that's your plan, right? But um, So it's no different than that. It's just articulating it. Yeah. And 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 then and and the trick is writing it down just like drawing a picture of this room or a kitchen before you remodel it at home something mm-hmm. like that. Um you know how do you want the gray cabinets or the black cabinets? Do you want, mm-hmm. you know, describing our businesses, describing our future, painting a picture so that everybody knows where you're going and then build the foundation for that. So all classic all our core values and all our purpose driven life is based on does this fit the ultimate plan? Mm. And if it doesn't, we've changed the plan once in a while, but for the most part, no, the foundation is the same. We have to be serving other people. We have to be educating people. We have to remain as best we can, the most educated, trained team in the industry. I have to spend time sitting one-to-one with people and learn about their life. I mean, my job is the culture keeper at this point, so don't let it get too far off base. Yeah, and that's a perfect segue. I want to dive into culture because as I mentioned earlier Brian Fullerton's like he is so protective he's like this guy's a big deal Paul you know he's just hyping you up like you you, you don't understand you know because I'm not from Michigan you don't understand because you're from Georgia this is a big big deal and then I go to Weingarts and they're like who where are you going next I was like Troy Clog and so I'm kind of like I, I just I'm from Georgia you know Troy Clog that man so you've you've created from people outside of your company looking in they respect you I've only been here you know, a few minutes, your front desk lady, incredible, you know, hospitality, then Adam, you know, just goozing with uh, buoyancy and life and, and excitement to show off your place. Mm-hmm. And that's rare. I was talking off air. I get a lot of complaints, man, it's so hard for me to find good, good workers. And there's, there's such a stigma to construction and landscaping in this, this mm-hmm. industry. And then you're singing a different tune. You got people that enjoy, you literally, you can tell they enjoy being here, working here. How'd you create this successful culture over time? Well, as I said earlier, it's a reflection of the ownership, right? So, or the leaders. So passion, it's important. Lots of people go to work to go to work. Mm-hmm. You have to go to, we spend more time as an average American. We spend more time at work than we do at home. Mm-hmm. right? Or at sleep even, right? So you got to love what you do. So, so many of us, I mean, my story is similar to many. I mean, I, I got in the business because I needed money and I was mm-hmm. broke and my parents didn't have any money and like, you need a job, right? Cut that grass you know, and make hey, that cash. Can I cut, yeah. <laughs> can I cut your grass for 10 bucks or 50 bucks or whatever, right? Yeah. Oh, cool. What else do you need done? Well, can you do, yeah, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. It, it's no more, <laughs> no more sophisticated or complicated than that. 
Um, and over time, you have to surround yourself with people that are like-minded, um, that do passionately like it. Not every day. Not everybody loves work every day, right? But that they, they like it. And, 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 and you have to stand for something. I want, I want my whole life to stand for something more than cutting grass and plowing snow and doing patios and whatever the case may be or building this building. So what is the foundation to build on? Right? So through me, through my faith, through looking at the world and much, our world right now is a mess. And our world's a mess because most people aren't building, they don't even know what their foundation is. They know mm -hmm. they don't like this guy or that guy right now because of this or that. Mm -hmm. But they don't really know their foundation. So for me, it's built on a foundation of faith and a long-term plan. Um, it's all over our trucks and all over our literature. To our purpose in life is to transform lives. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't say, and our passion is the lawn and, and snow industry. Our purpose is not to build the best patio or to cut the best grass, although I think we do some of the best mm -hmm. because we're passionate about it. Mm -hmm. But the point is every single person you cross paths with, Brian himself when he came here, mm -hmm. um, you, hopefully some people listening and, and watching us as this goes on, to try to, to inspire them to be better tomorrow than they were today and whatever that means to them so if they're f dabbling in faith look a little deeper into it it won't hurt you um if they're not interested in that great what are you interested in we've been through phases where it's hard to get people this seems like a good place to jump in for a moment hi there i'm marty the chief engineer and producer of the green industry podcast paul there are two things i can always remember my father saying who left the lights on and good hired help is hard to find. Any of you listening right now struggling to find and keep dependable people? We'll keep listening as Paul's interview with Troy Clogg dives into that in just a moment. One thing certainly known for dependability is Echo's X series of products made for hardworking pros just like you. Thank you to Echo for sponsoring our summer tour and thank you to our friends Brittany and Caleb Allman for your sponsorship. Hey everybody, it's Caleb with Almond Landscape here in beautiful Fairfield County uh, talking about the hardscapeacademy.com. It is our hardscape training website. We have training videos on there for retaining wall construction and paver patio construction. So check us out there at the hardscapeacademy.com broadcasting to you live from Fairfield County, Ohio. Get in touch with Paul. Just an email away. Greenindustrypodcast at gmail.com. Comment on the show. Suggest topics. Ask questions. Speak your mind. Just an email away. Greenindustrypodcast at gmail.com. We've been through phases where it's hard to get people. And looking back over those times, it was the people that they reported to here that didn't make life gotcha. productive and fun. You know, they weren't direct. Uh, people direct reporting to me over time. I'm sure I've had some bad hires and made some mistakes like everybody has. But as the most part, if you and I were working together all the time, I'd know and you'd know if we're going to get along and we're being productive. Mm -hmm. Right. But when I make then you're now in charge of hiring some people. Are you a great manager? Are you a, are you really more interested in them than you are you? And and that's the trick, right? Um, the old the old adage: the best salesperson doesn't make the best sales manager. The best guy on the lawnmower doesn't always make the best foreman or leader of a team. Mm 
Just because we're good at doing something doesn't mean we're good at people, right? And this is, this is a people business. People have to feel important. We should all feel important. We should all be proud of what we do when we leave our job, right? Uh, if there's anything this industry has bummed me out on over my, over my career is, is this industry didn't really exist much when I started. Corporate America took care of their own lawns, at least in this marketplace. Any big mall, any big city, any municipality, they had their own employees and their own equipment. Mm -hmm. They didn't need us. So you could cut some residential lawns, but you couldn't get that big thing on the corner mm -hmm. that didn't exist. <clears throat> then outsourcing started in the 80s, and they started getting rid of their own staff and, and outsourcing landscapers, janitorial, security systems. That was the creation of all these, you know, more niche down, uh, niche down businesses. Um, and then as you pet travel through the next 10 or 20 or 30 years, it can be somewhat commoditized and anybody who's my age or anybody who hasn't, you know, that's been through that knows that's the path of travel and what you got 50 bucks for 25 years ago. If you're not careful, you can't get 50 bucks for it now. My opinion is that the industry drove those numbers down a bit because they got competitive and they, and so my, my mantra is to value what we do, value the hard work. Not everybody wants to do this. Mm -hmm. It is none of the trades are easy. You're typically getting up early. You're typically working long days. You're typically in the weather, whatever, whether you're in Georgia's weather or Michigan's weather, um, you know, you're, you're, you don't have the easiest job. So why would you sell it for little to nothing? Not proud enough of it? So, no, my, you know, over my career, I've watched a lot of people get much bigger in mm -hmm. this market and in other markets. And the ones who do it, and implode mostly, but the ones who do it well, uh, we all have to respect our people. And it all starts with that. What do we all sell? People's time and energy. And, and how hard and, and how much they love doing their job. That's what every single one of us sells. We don't sell lawn cutting. We don't sell snow plowing. We don't sell masonry work, concrete work. We sell human talent that loves to do what they do. So when you're looking for staff and you're looking for team members and you're looking for people, you should be looking for... First of all, you need to be one of those to attract one of those. Mm -hmm. You can't be the miserable, grumpy old dude who's out there just working. And, and you, know, you know what you're going to find? The other miserable, grumpy old people who kind of work because they have to. Mm -hmm. You got to love it. You got to love it. You got to push that out. And you got to push it out to your team. And you got to push it out to the client. And when the client says, hey, I can get somebody for 10 bucks less, you say, that's awesome. You should. Because my people are worth more money than that. Because yeah, so that's my number. Everybody listening, our number one cost is our team our number one expenditure. So uh, it's not the truck or the lawnmower or the awesome echo equipment that we all run. It's not any of that. Number one expense is, is human beings. So get good at human beings. Yeah, I want you to speak for a second, Troy, to that 19-year-old version of you that was just getting started. And we got a lot of guys who are in their first, second, third year, and, and, and Brian and I, we do these one-on-one -on -one coaching calls with these guys. And one thing we continue to find out is their prices are way too low. And you just talked about the market kind of rushing to the bottom. You got to charge, you got to respect the market, but you got to charge enough to be profitable. So what can you say to kind of boost someone's confidence? You were just kind of touching on it that you're worth more than you're charging. How do you kind of find 
that price that the market you can't overcharge to where everyone says no mm-hmm. but most guys are not at a profitable price or, or they're just too low in their pricing and you were just getting kind of getting some confidence out there yeah and in, in knowing your worth can you speak a little bit more into that funny, for the, for the funny you guy? said race to the bottom I'd, somewhere back in my history i wrote an article race to the bottom so i'm I see it all. It's I, been I going it on for time. it's been going on, you know, for ever. But really, for the last uh, twenty five years or so, it just keeps nicking down, right? So we were talking off air before this began that that this is cool the way the world has developed, and and a simple conversation with me or with some or with wine guards or someone else can really make a difference in someone else's life. That all they have to do is tune in and you know grab a beer and watch this some night and 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 help them. It's awesome. That didn't exist years ago, right? Um, so it's important for education. It's it's important to to gain some knowledge. But when I built this business, I didn't talk to other people in the industry. There weren't that many. Mm-hmm. Um, so just like any constructed project, I built from the found. I built from the bottom up. So I talked about culture and a faith based, and just be good to people, or go work somewhere where you're, where people aren't good to people, but don't work here. We mm-hmm. like to be good to people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just be fair. So in pricing, you have to start with your found. You have to build the number up, and you have to add up all of your costs, whatever they may be. So in my case back then, I was working out of my, you know, I was living in my parents' basement. Till, till they retired, I could move somewhere else. I had one old truck that I could pay 2000 bucks for and lump it along. I, I built a trailer with a guy that I learned he knew how to weld. So I went to a scrap yard and loaded up a bunch of piles of just leftover scrap iron. Bought two. The only thing I bought new were two axles and the, and the ball hitch on the front. Everything else was just stuff we welded together. Because, again, you couldn't go online and buy a trailer. Yeah. What was you your first mower? First button or button walk by. Well, the first mower were Toros for the very beginning, right? So first mowers were just Kmart push mowers, hundred bucks, right? No self propelled so, back then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, there was, but I couldn't afford it. Yeah, okay. Two, the very first truck was two hundred bucks. The lawnmower was a hundred, and you threw them away at the end of the year. The little Briggs and Stratton, little shell, just pushed that lawnmower into the ground. That was seventeen years old, right, or eighteen, whatever it was. And um, first commercial mower would have been a. Toro, which was self-propelled, but they were only 30 inches wide, antiquated stuff. That was one season. But the first real commercial mowers started buying were Bunton walk-behinds um, that had been the early 80s. Uh, they're still the best cutting mower as far as an old guy like me would say. No safety equipment. Awesome. Clean it. I still cut my own lawn with my first lawnmower. So my original Bunton 52-inch walk-behind, and the boys at Weingart's know because they stopped carrying parts. I had to find them elsewhere. Um yeah, so we resto modded it. You know, you put a new engine on it, put new parts. I cut the grass every three acres, every two days with an old walk behind. But um, to get the pricing right, the, the point is confidence, and you get confidence from knowledge or from education. So you're, anybody's individual knowledge or education is just a mathematical equation in the beginning. I'm going to keep my costs in line. Don't worry about what anybody else charges. You do need to respect the market, as you said. But so much of the market isn't right and always has been. Mm-hmm. Always has been. If you know your costs, if you know how much you need per hour to cover you and your payroll taxes and all of your responsible fees, don't forget to add in the average 20 to 27%, depending on who you are, of time that you have to pay somebody, whether it's you or someone else, that you don't generate any money. 
There's all kinds of downtime, driving to the job site, washing the truck, doing whatever. All that stuff needs to be paid for by someone, right? Add in your equipment cost, <clears throat> equipment cost formulas or whatever your equipment is divided by how many hours you can use it in its lifetime. So if you can spend $10,000 on something and get 2,000 hours out of it, it's five bucks an hour plus fuel and maintenance. So anybody out there buying lawnmowers these days or renting them or borrowing them or however you're getting them, they're a lot more than that. So, and how much is a human being to be fair to them for all that hard work, whether it's you yourself or you and your buddy, how much are you guys really worth? Plus what's your equipment worth? How about your truck? Same thing. Total amount of money spent divided by its usable time. You'll get another dollar per hour rate. Add on, add on your insurance and all your other, you know, and, and this industry um, truly undervalues itself. Guys end up shortcutting that um, or wondering, trust me, my whole life, how can somebody do it for half the price? They're not there in a few years. Yeah, exactly. They're just not there, whether they're the two-guy truck or, I mean, in, in this town, you see some big players, mm -hmm. you know. You mentioned earlier, Troy, that you've seen these companies grow to employed, implode. Pardon mm -hmm. me. So how do you grow successfully and not grow and then it all comes crashing down? Back to the people again. You're, you're too, you're, your main focus, anybody's main focus in building a business is, is people. They're in the heart. They're in the middle of everything. So it's the people you surround yourself with on your team and the people you and the clients you surround yourself with. Are they buying from you because you're the cheapest price or are they buying from you because they buy into your value system mm -hmm. and they trust and believe you? Or are you just the lowest price? Right? Um, we all have our favorite restaurants that we go to. Or, le or some people could care less about a restaurant. They just want food. Mm-hmm because of their personality profile. I could go down a whole rabbit hole of personality profiles and, and how that affects us. We study everyone somewhere on a TV. Everybody takes a test somewhere on one of these monitors. We're all land in little boxes of what our profiles are. We all have one. Um, so it's, I don't know how to clearly go down that road. What, do you, what, what answer do you want from me, Paul? Well, I, I don't want someone listening to be so gung-ho to grow just to implode like you warned you've seen. Yeah. I, want, I want your path to grow with success. Fair enough. I mean, so everything is... everything is. Uh, keep talking. I'm going to reset. The, <laughs> keep talking. It will keep rolling. Okay. We'll sync it up. Everything is is scalable. So... In growth, right? So first of all, there's only one. there's only one way to grow. And that's with investing money. So no growth is free. So is the money coming from your profits or is the money coming from a bank or a lender of some sort? It takes money to grow. So first of all, if you're already in business and you're looking to grow, are you making enough money to fund that growth? Right? And it's all scalable. If, if you have a $100,000 a year business and you're making $10,000, now mind you, that's after you've paid yourself a fair wage, mm -hmm. are you making, and, and paid all these other costs, are you making $10,000? Well, that's what you have to invest in growth. So how fast can you grow? Mm -hmm. um, if you're not making money yet and you fall prey to the, but when I'm bigger, I'll make a bunch of money, mm -hmm. be careful. Because if you, if, 
at any size, if you can't, if you can't make money off of your field operations, whatever your field operations are, don't worry about your overhead. Like that group of work, whether it's two guys or 200 guys, men, women, whatever, um, if they're not producing enough for you to then pay for that next truck, and you, you certainly shouldn't be growing. And you should be very leery of the prices that are ridiculously low because I don't care if you have one truck or as many trucks as we have, the truck still costs the same. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you have one employer or more. Th- taking care of a human being the right way and giving them the right, they still cost the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, insurance is scalable to how many trucks you have, so it costs the same. Fuel costs the same. All these things that people talk about that are so, okay, everybody has those same costs. Our echo equipment, every little thing you can go down the list, they all have the same cost. So how can somebody be half the price? Or as a bigger guy now that the industry, now that the company has grown, oh, well, you know, you're more expensive because you're bigger. That's not true. Our over- overhead cost is far less. You spread, my, you spread my salary across the tens and tens and tens of thousands of man hours that we do in a year, I'm pennies. Pennies off each hour. So it's a pretty good deal, right? So actually, the bigger the company is, the overhead by percentage can be lower. But it's important. So scalability, got to make sure you make money on every job before you start and then just start taking more of the same. At the end of it, it's all job costing. It's all understanding that, you know, what's a fair amount to make on a project, whatever it is. And that's what you have to invest in the future. And so, uh, or you have to borrow it and be very careful because how are you going to pay it back? You know, if, again, if you're not producing enough. So the the $100,000 analogy where you have $10,000 worth of profit or or unused cash flow, that means another way of looking at that is you either have $10,000 to invest or you have, you can afford $10,000 a year in payments mm-hmm. on whatever amount of money you're going to borrow. Um, but admittedly, it's very risky. I have won and lost many times. Um, I am a proponent of real estate as far as being helpful to a business owner. Um, no matter what size you are, if you can afford, if it helps pay for your home because you're running out of a barn in the back, mm-hmm. um, make sure you build in the cost. What if I had to pay rent to be in that barn? Mm. That should Then you should end up with That's more good. money. Yeah. Make sure you're charging enough for all those costs. I mean, I met a young guy a few years ago who said I, it was a plowing thing, and he was justifying how he could do a local Walmart for far less money than anyone else. Mm-hmm. And I said, but why? And he told me all these reasons. He said, and the, I get the loader for free. It's my grandpa's. Mm. come on man whether grandpa's going to give it to you or not cool but it still belongs in the price how much is a loader for the winner no wonder you came out fifteen or twenty thousand dollars less because that's what a loader is at least in this market to rent for yeah. a winner you need to get your money back right so always charge for all those things whether you have those costs or not is the is is for the the smaller business on their way up charge for the cost of having and overhead, a building, and so forth, and you'll accumulate money that you can then decide if you're going to invest in your real estate or not. Or because trucks don't, you know, the less depreciable items you own, the better. 
Yeah. Get appreciable items. Troy, if you could go back and talk to the 17-year-old with the $200 truck and the $100 Kmart non-self-propelled mower. Yeah, I don't recommend that model, man. That was a Yeah, but if you could go back to the 17-year-old self with a cup of coffee at Tim Hortons and say, you you know, here's what I want you to know as you're getting into this. What could you tell him now that would have saved you a lot of headaches and and lost money? And no and, Tim Hortons in the United well, States when I was seventeen. <laughs> Any coffee Dunkin shop. Dunkin' Donuts only. All right. Um, no Caribou. You, no no Starbucks. None of those guys. What would you tell guys. the seventeen-year-old Troy that could have saved a lot of lot of headaches and along uh, the way? You know, I don't I don't know. Um, let me think about it because because I didn't I thought life was pretty good back then. Um, I. Myself and the people that work for me, I mean, I always respected the value of what we do. So I love to work long days. I mean, my, my biggest, like, I've had to learn to try to slow down a little bit. I like sunrise to sunset, mm-hmm. which can be 16 hours day in and day out. Mm-hmm. Knee surgery when I was 21 because I just, I mean, who doesn't want to cut grass for 16 hours a day? Well, you learn that not everybody did. <laughs> Right. So they went home and I kept cutting and they showed up the next morning. They, you know, um, yeah, never be afraid of hard work. If you want to be in this industry or anyone, any of the trades like it, um, always charge enough money to have, to have enough to cover everything you're paying for. And then some, mm-hmm. um, don't be afraid to charge again. Don't be gluttonous. Don't be greedy. Don't be unfair. Um, but cover all your costs. It's cheaper to sit at home than it is to work and lose money. Exactly. Net, net. You're going to be a whole lot better off, you know, sitting at home, trying to read a book and learn something, pay attention to a podcast, um, you know, sharpen your blades and get ready for the next day. That actually has more value than working to lose money. Exactly. So all of this stuff at all sizes, and especially the 17-year-old the, the getting started, do the math. And add up everything and go, wow, was my, that day's work or that week's worth work, was that really worth it? Where am I going with this, man? I, I just, I mean, I'm tired. I worked hard. I, I'm proud of how hard I worked. But when the math only ends up like this, you know, be, be leery of that. That's, that's the number one thing to watch for. Um, and then, again, love it and find people who also love it. And that's the only way you're going to grow. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate your time, Troy, so, and uh, thanks yeah. for showing off this incredible, you know, uh, company that you've built. It's uh, definitely an inspiration to me, and, and hopefully, um, everyone who listened, uh, this added a lot of value to your life. So, any anything you want to close with? Well, I don't know. So many cliche uh, quotes that that come into play, right? But. Um, you know, I was, uh, I was raised by a World War II veteran, right? So for my age, so I was born in the early 60s, and my dad was in his 40s when I was born. And um, so I'm proud of having the values of a guy who, who enlisted five times to get, to get the honor and privilege to go serve his country. And just imagine it for anybody young out there. I mean, you didn't, you didn't even get a letter, let alone a text message from a loved one, mm-hmm. um, Right. And so at the, end of, at the end of this journey of life that we all have, in business or not, um, our reputation is more valuable than anything. We all know people that we uh, respect or don't respect based on their behavior through life, right? Beliefs drive behaviors, drive results. 
So what we believe in will drive our behavior, will drive our results. A lot of what we just talked about is results. People <clears throat> really want to focus on how do I get my business this big or how do I make X amount of money or how, well, work backwards. You have to behave accordingly to get those results and above behavior is belief. Do you really believe in this stuff? Do you really believe you can make this happen? Do you believe you need to leave this earth and have all, even the customer that you that said no thank you to you still have a good experience with you? Wow. Right? So there's an old poem called A Guy in the Glass. And basically the theme of it is when this life is over, we, we need to be able to look in the mirror and be proud of everything that we did or as much of our life as we did. Because if you're right with you, and in my case, if I'm right with my faith, then it's been a good journey. And everybody should leave with a good experience as best we can. So that's what I would say. Live live for a bigger purpose. Uh, think past the, oh, man, I didn't get that lawn today because that guy was five bucks cheaper. Um, think bigger than that. Think about the experience you left behind on the folks and say, good luck with them. Call me. Call me if it doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. We have a, re- I mean, we have an internal reputation here. We've been the best runner up in this town for years. <laughs> right. But if you don't get it and you're next in line, someday you get it. Yeah. If you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. So that's about it. Be proud. Be proud of yourself. Be a good human being. Um, all, all those things, you know. If you have kids, you know, you want, you, want, you want people to behave like, you want your kids to always behave well, mm-hmm. even when they're not being watched. Right? So that's, uh, that's, my, that's my deal. Well, and really- grow your hair, man. Ponytails are cool. And uh, all these guys cutting it, you got to go old school. So this is my uh, throwback look for uh, You're pretty cool, man. You got this time some uh, Converse on. You got to have pink shoes on, man. Ripped jeans. If you don't have pink if you don't have pink shoes on, that's our whole that's another podcast. That's our whole philanthropic side that that so you're not in Georgia and you don't need much salt, but Hot Pink the Icer our pink our pink bagged product is is all about giving away 15 cents for every unit sold. Um, goes to local families financially affected by breast cancer or any cancer diagnosis. I've been pecking away at that for seven, eight, nine years. We're up to over $20,000 a year, 15 cents at a time. Um, and this is my commercial for now, right? So our big plug, we finally, we finally now have a, are able to sell across all of the United States and all of Canada at a very fair market price and families in those markets, if they buy enough, will the money will go to them so any of the any any players out there who can uh, at least buy a truckload because it's kind of the only way we can sell it mm-hmm. right you can't sell a bag or something at a time or get together with a few buddies and buy a truckload um i'm excited that's uh that's kind of my swan song as late as life goes on to uh to uh make a difference in the lives of others so awesome anyway i really appreciate thanks, your time troy i appreciate you coming by long long did you drive up here well, from Atlanta, I drove to North Carolina, then I was in Virginia, Maryland, Ohio, now Michigan. So we're Echo's sponsoring us to travel the country and hear incredible stories like yourself. So Amen. Well, we appreciate our Echo equipment that we use. I, I had my weed whip and blower going last night, so it's awesome. all good. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time, sir. My pleasure. Thank you. Wow. I will certainly be listening to that interview a second time and sending it on to some friends that I think would love it as well. Troy's thoughtfulness, uh, his intentionality and all that he does, so refreshing. 
uh, not to mention uh, his words about the things in life that are truly important. A lot there, obviously, to digest and a lot to find ways to put into practice. Tell you what, we're going to put Troy's contact information in the show notes as well as how to connect with Paul. And if this podcast today brought value to you, would you please go to Apple Podcast and drop a five-star rating and review? And please come back tomorrow for another powerful episode of the Green Industry Podcast. You've been listening to the Green Industry Podcast with Paul Jamison. Thanks again to Echo for powering our first annual summer road tour. Check out Echo's product line at echo-usa.com. And don't forget to smash that subscribe button to stay up to date with the newest episodes as the tour rolls on.